Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Hello, everybody. Eighth graders, what is up? Hey, guys, I'm glad the eighth graders are over here. When we were hanging out with them, Drake and I, um, before you all came in, we were learning some pretty interesting things about them. Uh, many of them have eaten out of the trash. So I'm sorry if I'm giving all these high schoolers ammo for you. Um, but so I know they all like to eat. Uh, they can eat pizza. Some of them can eat pizza, whole pizza themselves. Um, they also like to read. And so that comes in handy. How many of you high schoolers for the eighth graders that are sitting in your room, how many of you guys like to eat? You would go so far as to eat out of the trash can. One person is in solidarity with you. One person. Well, okay, two, sorry. Well, if you guys have been here or in East for the last three weeks, you will know that we've been in a series called What Up With That? And we've seen some funny videos from Tyler. The first week we talked about baptism. And then the last two weeks we've talked about the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does. Um, And so tonight we're talking about communion, okay? Now, Emily said it in the video, around here, if you go um, over to main service with your parents on Sundays or you attend Thursday nights, you've probably heard from stage them say, Jesus' table. Shake your head yes if you've heard that. Okay, good. Where y'all been? Y'all need to go to church more. (laughs) There's like three of you. Um, But Jesus' table, and I like that imagery Because when Jesus initiates this thing called communion with bread and juice, um, he's sitting at a table with his disciples. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to walk through three tables um, that kind of move the narrative of the Bible um, and help us understand what communion is um, and why we practice it as a church and as followers of Jesus, okay? Okay. Um, Now, I love tables, one, because I do like to eat my favorite food. Um, I think one of the eighth graders asked earlier, but you didn't get an answer. My favorite food is Chinese food. Um, Any fellow Chinese food fans? Okay. Okay. So I like sitting at tables because it usually involves food. I also like sitting around tables because it usually involves people. And I like people. I'm an extrovert, so I gain energy by being with people. So I like tables. I also like tables. Um, So when I was a freshman, eighth graders, this will make you feel more comfortable, maybe. So when I was a freshman, I had lunch with literally none of my friends. I was waiting for shock and awe. Cool. None of my friends. Um, But there's hope. This group of really nice senior girls who were, like, super popular, super pretty, um, they were awesome. They let me sit with them. So that was really cool. I felt like I had, like, an inside scoop on what to see in three years and who I should be like. Um, But I sat with them around the table, and that was fun to just, like, learn wisdom from these seniors who are, like, awesome. Um, I love tables because um, I like to travel a lot to see my friends. They live all over the place. Like, hardly any of my really good friends live here. That sounded bad. My, I have really good friends here. But, like, you know those people that I would take a bullet for. Wow. That's strong. That's strong. Bye. <laughs> no. 
They all live everywhere else is what I'm trying to say. So I love going to visit them in their cities. I get to see what they're doing in ministry. I should say in ministry maybe. My youth ministry friends, does that help a little bit? Um, So I like sitting around the table there and just hearing about how life's going because I don't get to see them very often. Um, So tables are good for reminiscing or this word that comes from communion, communing, right? Which the dictionary says is just the intimate sharing of thoughts and feelings, okay? It's pretty intimate when you sit at a table with someone because you're like looking them in the eyes, right? Be weird if you're like turned around looking away as you're sitting at a table. So tables are intimate and you get to share life together at tables, okay? And so Jesus' table that we'll talk about here in a second with his disciples was exactly that. But I want to first start with the first table in Genesis. Okay, play on the metaphor of Adam and Eve's table. You all know the story, I'm pretty sure. Genesis, okay? God makes everything beautiful. It's all good. He creates mankind. It's very good. He brings Eve along um, so that Adam can have a helper. And they're hanging out in the garden, okay? Literally paradise. Everything is great. Um, And then the meal comes, right? This piece of fruit that we don't know what it is. Because it's probably, you know what, I think it is probably a tomato because that's not even a fruit. Like, it is a fruit, but it shouldn't be a fruit. So I'm going to say it's a tomato because I don't like tomatoes. So they partake in this meal, right? They have perfect communion, perfect presence and sharing um, of time with God in this perfect Eden. And then they eat this wrong meal and things go wrong, right? Immediately in Genesis, you see that... They, like, become aware. I don't have clothes on. I'm going to make, I'm going to put fig leaves to cover myself. And so they're immediately, like, not okay with how God created them to be. And then God, he's walking in the cool of the day in the garden. He calls out, where are you? And they're hiding. And he's like, why are you hiding? They're like, we're, we're naked. We were afraid of you. So immediately, the relationship with the good God that created them was broken, and they're hiding from him. They don't even want to be seen or in the presence of him. And so this communion with God that was meant to be really good and really sweet is broken by this meal of the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But I don't think it's just, you know, it wasn't just Adam and Eve's problem. We have this problem, too. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to 1 Corinthians 11, or if you have phones, you can scroll there if you promise not to get on Instagram and make weird memes of me. Okay, go to 1 Corinthians 11, because in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul talks about, as he's talking about what communion is, he's kind of reprimanding the people of God saying, hey, something's up here. He says, Whoever eats the bread, this is verse 27, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, they eat and drink judgment on themselves. So the first thing Paul says to people who are about to partake in this meal at Jesus' table He says, examine yourselves. Look within. Is there something, this is a rhetorical question, so you can just think about it, guys. Is there something in you that you, a sin, that you still will not hand over? Something in you that is keeping that distance, that gap, that you just won't hand over to Jesus 
so that you can be in community with him again. You can commune with him again. He says, examine yourselves and look inward before you partake in this because Jesus wants all of us. He wants every detail of us, not just half of your attention, not just half of your time. He wants a full and good relationship with you. So Paul is talking about looking inward, examining yourself before you partake. And then he goes on to say, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. So back at the table of Adam and Eve, um, God asked, why did you eat of the fruit? And immediately the blame game starts happening, right? Adam's like, well, Eve gave it. This woman that you made, she gave it to me. And he's like, why did you do that? And then Eve's like, well, it was the serpent who deceived me and told me to eat of it, right? So they don't even have unified thoughts, right? They're like, it was this, it was this, it was this, it was this. And the Lord's Supper, Jesus' table, communion, whatever word will help you understand what it is, is meant to be a meal that brings us together, right? Around a table, people that are unified. So Paul says, listen, I hear that there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. And I wonder if sitting in here, in this room with people that maybe you know, maybe you don't know, the new, the new kids in the room, But I wonder if there's people in here that Jesus loves, but you're like, meh, I could really do without you here. You know what I mean? Like, you're not my favorite person here. I wonder if there's divisions when we come together. So that's looking outward, right? Actually turn your head and look around the room at the people in here. I don't know if you guys take time to do that every week, that you're not the only one in here just like staring at me in a spotlight. But there's other people in here, and we together are the body of Christ. We together are the church. We together are at a table with Jesus, believing in the same God, but sometimes there's divisions amongst us. So Paul says, look, look outward. Is there, how's your unity? How's your unity? So that's Adam and Eve's table. The second table, we've already talked about it. Jesus' table, um, comes along later in the narrative, right? And they're setting at Passover, and Jesus is on, at a table with his disciples, and they're eating this Passover meal. And if you don't know what the Passover is, the Passover is um, very important in their tradition, okay? The Passover is them remembering back to their heritage, to their lineage and their ancestors of when God proved himself to be faithful, when he saved um, the, the children of Israel by putting the, when they put the blood on the doorposts, and also remembering the fact that God rescued them out of slavery in Egypt. So they're sitting at this meal at Passover time, and after the meal, Jesus takes bread, and he breaks it, and he picks up wine, and he says, this is my body, and this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. So it wouldn't be a stretch. They're already at a meal remembering. And he says, remember God's faithfulness, but this, me here, is God's faithfulness as well. Because while 
Israel would remember the faithfulness of God delivering them from the bondage of slavery to Egypt. After Jesus is given over, arrested, taken away, and hung on a cross, they would remember God's faithfulness through Jesus when he would hang there with every sin ever committed, ever to be committed, on him so that we can have freedom from the slavery and bondage of sin in our lives. So he's sitting here and he says, remember this. Remember this meal. Do this in remembrance of me until I come back again. So it wasn't, it wasn't uncommon to remember. But I don't know about you. I told, well, I keep going back. I told the eighth graders that I don't remember much. I think maybe I'm losing my memory. Not for real, but maybe. Um, but I have a hard time remembering sometimes. Um, I know some of you in here like to write in a prayer journal. You like to, to write throughout the day um, to remember how God is talking to you that day. Or in your Devo time, you write down to remember, okay, this is what the Holy Spirit was telling me here. Um, in the Dominican, I had to practice writing down literally everything or I was going to forget every name, every community, every place that we went. Sometimes it's hard to remember. But this act of coming around Jesus' table to take communion is that. It's remembering. It's looking backwards and seeing how from start to finish, everything in the Bible is true. Everything shows this big story of how God loves you, how he sent Jesus so that we can be back in relationship with him, and how he sent the Holy Spirit to mold us and transform us to look more like Jesus. And so looking back and remembering these truths is um, what Paul also tells them to do in 1 Corinthians. He says, this is what communion is. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Communion is a time to remember of what what God has done. But it's also a time to look forward. So remember the freedom and look forward to the third table, God's table. So, looking at your Bible, at the very end, this would be the end for you guys looking at me, is a book called Revelation. And it's very hard to understand for me. But the things that I do understand is that when Jesus comes back and everything is set right and redeemed and restored and renewed, it's going to be a party. And it's going to be awesome. And in Revelation, it says this in chapter 19, verses 6 through 8. Says the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side, the, the river of each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healings of the nation. No longer will there be any curse. And he goes on to say that God's dwelling place, the Lamb, and God will be right there with us. There's not going to be any more night, and there will be no need for light because the light of the Lamb will illuminate everything, and they'll reign forever. It's this beautiful picture. And in, this, and in Revelation, it also talks about this, this great multitude. Okay, John, who is writing Revelation, is seeing this big vision, 
And all of a sudden, he just hears this super loud noise of people singing, hallelujah, our God reigns, hallelujah, our God reigns. And he sees people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, people that look different, all united around the same table at the marriage supper of the Lamb when everything is restored. Eden, this table that messed some things up is restored And the perfect communion that God always intended to have with us is new again. And so communion, what you may have in the past thought of, well, it's this quiet time to eat a chiclet, pie crust, and drink some juice, is this amazing narrative of God keeping his promises and being faithful and being good and loving. And so communion for us is this freeing proclamation. We're saying that everything that God said would happen with sending Jesus and saving his people, which turns out to be every tribe, every tongue, every nation, is true. And so it's this freeing proclamation to remember. Remember what Jesus did. Remember that there was a problem. Sin was the problem. Us choosing our own desires was the problem. Peyton, being God of my own life, was the problem. But there was always a plan to fix it, and it was always Jesus to come and sacrifice for me, for you. And God always promised that he was going to fix everything that went wrong. And so in communion, you get to live out this whole story that God is putting together and wants you to be a part of. He goes on to say, Paul does in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's a promise that he's coming again. And if you've been in main service, we have been in the last week of Jesus' life for a while. Um, and we're getting ready to come up to Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. And there's a promise that even though Jesus died... And everything seemed really, really wrong. He didn't stay dead. He raised to life. And then he talked to a ton of people and was like, I told you it was going to happen. And then he ascended and said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit so that you can continue doing my work. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to go back to heaven. It's going to be awesome. You guys have work to do. And so because of what we acknowledge at communion, that Jesus has freed us from our sin and from our bondage to things that are not of God, we now have freedom to tell other people about that too. And so communion is our time to gather around a table and to remember the freedom that Jesus gave us. So tonight, it's going to be crazy. You guys are going to get up out of your seats. If you need help, looking inward. If you need, like, Lord, I just need to give you that, maybe that last thing. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you need to give that last thing. There are um, cards in the back of the spool, and you can get up during the next song and write that. It just simply says, I am free from, and you write it in, in the name of Jesus. That Jesus' death freed you from that once and for all. Paul later in a, in a letter to the Romans says in chapter 6 that sin is, no longer has mastery over you because you're, you're not under the law, you're under grace. So don't let sin continue to have mastery over you. 
So if you need to look inward before you partake in Jesus' table through the bread and the juice, you can do that. If you need to look outward and say, okay, there's people in here, maybe not even in here, maybe in your school or in your home, that you need to reconcile with, that the unity has been disrupted and you need to either ask for forgiveness or forgive somebody or write an encouragement because you've said something bad. There's, there's a white table back here and there's pens and whatever. There's colorful paper. There's plain white paper if you want to use that to give to them. But I want you to do that before you circle around Jesus' table and partake in his body and blood given to you. I want you to seek for unity in the church. And if you need help remembering, if you're like me and you're like, I don't even know what I did today. <laughs> and it was like two, two hours ago I got out of school. Over here on this wall, there's a brown piece of paper. And it just simply has the timeline of Jesus' life. Some big moments in his ministry after he was born. And I want you to slowly take as much time as you want, to as quietly as you can, just read through that. And think about the stories. Think about the things that Jesus did on earth and the things that he taught about the kingdom of God through those things. And then I just simply want you to pray and thank him. Thank him for coming. Thank him for being obedient, for sacrificing his whole entire life for yours. You can do that and then you can take communion at the tables after that. And last, if you're looking forward and you're like in that waiting, waiting area of, well, Jesus is going to come back someday. It's going to be great. There's cards that are the opposite of the freedom from, but it's freedom too. Because as somebody that sits around Jesus' table, remembers what he did, who he is, you get to partake in his ministry, right? After he ascends to heaven, he sends the Holy Spirit to equip us and encourage us and empower us, give us gifts to serve the church. And so I want you to take some time back there to maybe it's something that God is, is saying. You're like, I don't know, what is that? Like teaching? But I am free to teach in the name of Jesus because he has freed me from all that gunk. And so now I get to do kingdom work for him. And then after you do that, you can take communion. I don't know what it is for you, but I want you to spend some time, move about the room, talk to your leader, do what you need to do. But look inward, look outward, Remember Jesus by looking backward and look forward to when he comes again. It sets everything right. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.